Welcome to the Life I Lead podcast. I'm Nicholas, your host and founder of Eagle Transformational Coaching. This is a podcast dedicated to the enhancement and awareness of effective leadership in our modern times. We will interview and chat with some amazing leaders who inspire and influence those they work and live with. As a transformational coach in leadership, I want to motivate you and transform your understanding of your ability to be a leader, not just in your career, but in your life as a whole. Well, well, welcome back to the Life I Lead podcast. I'm Nicholas, your host and founder of Eagle Transformational Coaching. And I've been doing a couple of workshops and one of the areas that came up of interest to me, always has been an area of interest for me, is authenticity. And it became very apparent very quickly that there is a huge lack of what people understand authenticity to be and a huge lack of examples of where we can find authenticity. And I always remember the Julie Garland quote where she said, always be a first-rate version of yourself and never a second-rate version of someone else. So I thought today my guest, actually, who I had booked has uh, gone down with a lurgy, so I'm left in my broom cupboard on my own. So I thought I'd give a few reflections on authenticity. And I think this is one of those words that needs to be raised in every conversation about leadership. Authenticity needs to go into every manual about business, and I think it needs to go into every training or preparation for relationships. And then I thought to myself, I think it needs to go into every system of education or teaching. It needs to be prevalent as an addendum in healthcare systems, in government and global institutions such as the United Nations. We need to talk about authenticity in areas of the world like the International Monetary Fund or the European Convention on Human Rights. In fact, Our reflection of authenticity and what is authentic needs to be considered as one of those fundamental building blocks that should be referred to whenever we discuss anything concerning human interaction. Why? Well, it's simple. People confuse authenticity with honesty or transparency, with vulnerability or openness or truthfulness or justice and integrity. The dictionary defines authenticity as the quality of being genuine or true. However, this definition presumes one key piece of information. This presumption is the reason that authenticity is confused with that list I gave you earlier. The missing piece of information is understanding what is genuine. And what is true? We can say that a map is authentic. Why? Because it can be verified. We can take a map and go to a physical spot and check the accuracy of the map to be true. However, this doesn't work when we talk about a person being authentic. We cannot take a person to a place to verify the authenticity of that person. So what do we judge authenticity on? 
We judge it based on whether we think a person is lying or not. We judge it on whether the person does what they say they would do or not. Can that person keep a promise or not? Has that person ever revealed a secret or not? In a lot of interview processes, we judge authenticity on things such as a DBS check, a criminal record, the views expressed on our social media profile, or even, and at worst, the history and status of our past relationships or our current family situations. People can judge our authenticity, and often we are labelled improperly and unfairly by that judgment. We can often be at pains to know how to change the perception of our authenticity that people hold. Let me try to explain why this is. Authenticity is exactly what Judy Garland said. It is about being the best version of yourself. What does that mean? Actually, what it means is irrelevant. What being the best version of you is, is irrelevant. Whether you strive to be the best you can be every day is not actually what Judy Garland is saying. It starts with a complete self-understanding of who you are. No one can possibly be the best version of themselves unless they know what themselves is. It is the old philosophical, theological and anthropological question, who am I? Don't panic. I am not going to drift off into the realms of navel-gazing, Mystic researching and reflecting on whether or not I was breastfed as a child has made me a deficient person lacking authenticity. For leadership purposes, authenticity can be effectively implemented and made tangible by reflecting on one thing. What are my non-negotiable values? That's it. Don't go any deeper into your soul or your spirit than that. Ask yourself almost at every difficult decision that will impact how people perceive you or others you are leading, what are my values that I am not going to negotiate on to remain comfortable with everything I stand for? This is not revolutionary. We do this every day in our habits of life. No one enters a marriage without caring about the fidelity of their partner. Nobody enters a relationship not caring about the gentle physical touch you both share. Nobody enters into parenthood not caring if the child doesn't understand right from wrong or good from bad. Nobody enters parenthood without trying to instill in their children the understanding and importance of please and thank you. These are the values which we assume as non-negotiable. The specifics may change from family to family, husband to husband and wife to wife. The specifics of parenting might change from family to family. But the value you hold is your authenticity. 
This is why we struggle to find inspiring examples of leadership in places such as government or policing, because there's no tangible example of authenticity. The anger felt when government ministers brought this country to a complete standstill, separated husbands from wives, children from parents, dying from living, young from old, only then to be seen, witnessed, recorded, and shown to be flouting those rules blatantly is absolutely right, Anger. When leaders of our nation use the powers of the state to create law, enforce authority, and ultimately create a way of life based not on freedom of choice and liberty, but based on the promulgation that this is for the safety of its citizens, only then to be revealed as living the life they removed from us, it is insurmountable that our belief in their authenticity will be awarded back to them. Now, there are some caveats and further explanations needed for the concept of authenticity to be fully understood. One of the ways in which we measure authenticity is actually by consistency. We can repeatedly see examples of a lack of consistent behavior, which ultimately leads to a lack of our belief in authentic behavior. If the government are repeatedly shown to be lying, even though they are telling us they are not lying, we will naturally continue to label them unauthentic. Suppose we are repeatedly told that we are being policed by consensus and yet are frequently shown examples of heavy-handed, disproportionate and violent policing. In this case, it is no wonder we believe the police to be unauthentic. The reason for this lack of authenticity is actually quite simple. For members of government to do exactly what they say they are going to do, i.e. telling the truth, they have to do that regardless of the consequences. Authenticity is saying, this is me. This is my value. This is what I believe to be right. I am standing by it. And obviously, there are risks to authenticity. The risk for the politician, they may well lose their job. They may well be voted out. They may well lose an election. They may well need to resign or be blamed for being completely out of touch with the constituents they are voted to represent. However, this is the question that people have to ask. Am I going to be authentic and consistent and stand by the values that I know to be true to myself? Or will I react to different situations and different scenarios with different responses to different people, still in the hope that I may be called an authentic person. Let me tell you, authenticity is not easy. It is a word we band around similar to that of passion or love or success or celebrity just to add another dimension to this difficult personality trait, authenticity is a way of action that doesn't happen once. It involves the continuous, consistent, reliable, expected, natural response to happen all the time. 
Let's return to the analogy of marriage. To believe in the authenticity of fidelity will be proven by your own fidelity. This is an easy concept for people to understand. You cannot stand at your wedding ceremony and say the words forsaking all others and expect to be called an authentic partner in fidelity if you have not forsaken all others during your marriage. In fact, if you've treated all others in exactly the same way as your partner, then you cannot be authentically faithful. If in your leadership role, you only listen to those whose determination or passion attracts you, or you only put forward for promotion those who arrive on time and leave on time, for example, you cannot be known as an authentic leader for all people. Therefore, people will not call you authentic. Now, I want you to listen to this last bit about authenticity open-heartedly and with an open mind. I'm not saying this in judgment. I'm saying this because I want you to reflect on it and I want you to apply it in all honesty with yourself. As I said earlier, authenticity is about self-acknowledgement and the application of your values, which you will not be distracted from. The difficulty with this concept is the understanding that not every person's values are the same as yours or someone else's. For some people, their values see absolutely nothing wrong with putting on a balaclava, waiting for midnight, taking a crowbar out of their shed, going into the streets, using that crowbar to break into somebody else's house, stealing property that does not belong to them, claim it as their own, and use it as they wish. For some people, their values see nothing wrong with the belief that people of colour, people of different cultures or races, people of different sex or sexual orientations are neither capable, able, or should be permitted to do certain things. Remember, authenticity is not necessarily about right or wrong, good or bad. Authenticity is about the complete self-awareness and self-understanding of your values and standing by those values consistently, continuously and reliably. Without wanting to go too deep, both of these scenarios I've spoken about are managed by law, social acceptability and the Convention of Human Rights, and these actions by law being deemed punishable. Therefore, they may be perceived as extreme by lots of you listening to this. Indulge me. Who has ever had a bully as a leader? Who has ever felt that they have been treated unfairly? By a leader who has felt that they have been overlooked for promotion by a leader who has felt that their bonus has not been as it should be because of a personal character clash with their leader who's ever felt that your workplace's dysfunction or toxic environment is accepted because it has not been sufficiently dealt with by your leader Suppose you felt any of these scenarios and lived through any of these experiences, 
In that case, you will know that these experiences are as powerfully damaging as blatant racism, as blatant sexism, as blatant crime, yet are not protected by any law. None of these examples of bad leadership are illegal. We understand them to be unbelievable, but they're not illegal. All we can say is that the values of that leader who can inflict this stress and distress are very different from mine. Don't get hooked up on whether they're right or wrong, good or bad. They are a set of values that that leader has. If your leader is a relentless bully, then they are an authentic bully. If they are a relentlessly sexist leader, then they can be authentically sexist. Authenticity is not necessarily about right or wrong, good or bad. This is the difficulty with bad leadership. This is why I believe leadership cannot be taught in isolation from your life habits. I stand by my belief that everybody can be a leader. However, nobody can be a leader without the connectivity between your life habits and your leadership role. How do we overcome this real issue, this tangible problem of people's values being as such that they allow bullying, that they allow distress, that they allow unfair treatment, that they allow racism? We make a conscious decision on how we recruit, retain, and continuously train leaders. I would urge anybody applying for a leadership role or recruiting for a leadership role to be asking questions outside of the job description. This is not about role play. This is not about reading a scenario where you play Janet and I play John and I'm a difficult customer and you're going to chat with me about our customer service policy and appease all my fears and send me on my way as happy as Larry. This is actually about listening to people's views on relevant topics of the day about listening to their perceptions of personnel, about the vision and direction of an organization. It's about listening and probing about the impact of the role that you're onboarding to or recruiting for. This is why after you've landed your role, your period of induction or your six months of probation must be used fruitfully. After you've signed the contract and begun work and begun to meet the people and start your role, your intuition, your perception, your intellect will start pricking your authenticity. If you start to deny those little pricks to your authenticity within those first few months, then let me assure you, you can kiss your authenticity goodbye. Finally, always remember the values which steer and guide and make the foundations of your authenticity, they can be challenged. They can be morphed. They can be changed by experience, holistic review and systemic awareness. So don't think your authenticity is as rigid as steel. Consistent, yes. Cohesive, yes. Reliable, yes, but never rigid. It's more like the sapling tree, which will wave and move in the breeze, but its roots remain in a constant place. If you're a leader, challenge your leadership by asking your team to tell you what they perceive 
are your values. When you've gathered those varying lists of values, and if they seem foreign to you, it may well be time for you to look at your own values to create your own authenticity. Well, that's just a little reflection about authenticity. That is, in fact, chapter eight out of my book, The Life I Lead, a practical guide to effective leadership by creating a sound lifestyle. And it came to my mind purely because I was involved in a workshop and I gave a small presentation and the difficulty and the understanding and the the, the shattered views of what authenticity was, I thought might be a great way of just honing people to reflect on what is my authenticity based on? Where is my authenticity rooted? And am I rigid as steel, therefore not flexing, morphing, changing and challenging what I consider to be authentic? I hope that's been helpful. Uh, next week, I hope my guest is is well uh, and ready to come back. Until then, if you are a leader, be kind and compassionate. If you are a follower, be effective be enthusiastic, be genuine, and above all, leaders and followers, be authentic. And I wish you a fantastic week. And until next week here on the Life I Lead podcast, take care. Well, from all of us at the Life I Lead podcast, thanks for listening. I really hope that something has resonated with you today. I hope this podcast is the start for you to know that you are capable of being a leader, inspiring others, and being fully present and alive in situations that need you to step up and be a leader. So, as I say to everyone on my coaching courses and one-to-one coaching sessions, tell yourself aloud every day, I am enough, I am influential, I am a leader. And join us here at The Life I Lead again, same time, same place, next week. And remember the words of Eisenhower, you don't lead by hitting people over the head. That's assault, not leadership.